Today is my eight-month anniversary, and it really has been an amazing eight months. This podcast came as a result of me searching for my purpose, from my search for something more fulfilling. And I knew I was meant for more than just my eight-to-five corporate job. I knew I was meant for more than just being a mom and a wife. And I know that I can't see the full big picture yet, but I know there is some amazing things to come. In the past eight months, I have met so many wonderful people. I've connected with so many awesome mamas on their journey to making their lives better and seeing how this podcast is making a difference in their lives just really lights me up. So thank you for listening. I know I am just at the start of my journey and I am so excited to see where this year takes me. And with that, I have a little fever to ask of you. If you aren't already subscribed or following the show on whatever platform you listen to, I would be so grateful if you took a minute and just click that button. On Apple Podcasts, to follow, you just tap that little circle with the little check mark inside on the top right-hand corner of your screen. On Spotify, you just click that follow button underneath my picture. And if you have that extra minute, if you would just scroll down and read the show, that would be even better. All of your follows, all of your five-star reviews, all of your sharing episodes with your mom friends, that is what is going to help this mama grow. And grow is actually my word of the year. So you'll be hearing a lot of that word this year. I was in a meeting with some coworkers this week, and we were talking about what great timing this past three-day weekend was. Hopefully you were able to do something fun this weekend. I started to feel a little crummy yesterday. So I actually allowed myself to just lie on the couch and veg a bit, which is something I rarely do. But going back to work after the holidays is really rough. The first week of January was trying to catch up on being out. And then this past week is everyone trying to get everything started for the year. And it was literally back-to-back meetings. So by Tuesday afternoon, it felt like I had worked a week. So by Friday, I was just mentally burnt out. And it was my first five-day work week in over a month between the holidays and PTO days. So Yes, this three-day weekend was a much-needed reset. I spent part of the weekend putting away the last of Christmas. Our Christmas tree was still up. Everything was off the tree, but I just had to box it up. And then moving all the furniture back in place. And I blocked some time out to tackle part of my basement decluttering project, which works out because I have a ton of Christmas boxes that I needed to be organized. And I was actually excited to get to work. As I was cleaning our bathroom toilet last week, I realized that I actually enjoy cleaning, which sounds a little crazy, but I find it a little therapeutic. I I hate the time it takes to do it. I do have it on my goals to outsource cleaning again to give me some time back on the weekends to actually work on business goals, but I'm not fully mentally there yet. So it's a mental work in progress, but that mental piece, it's what holds us back from a lot of things. Goals our intentions. And most of us have the best intentions. But if you don't have that mental piece there, if you don't have the right mindset, you are going to be your own roadblock. Part of my coaching sessions involves working on that mindset. And it's why I started dropping a Monday podcast that focuses on mindset, because there are so many moms that I talk to that are really missing that mindset piece, that are just going through the motions of life and their perspective is so off. Work-life balance, that comes with the right mindset. Being present in the moment, that comes with the right mindset. Taking time for yourself and really relaxing, that comes with the right mindset. Take a few minutes after listening to this episode or even just hit that pause button and really think about it. When you think about what you want to accomplish this year, 
when you think about how you want to show up this year, do you have a positive perspective? Or are there negative thoughts and that self-limiting beliefs creeping in there? In my coaching sessions, I help you with that mindset piece. I help you see and I help you believe that you can do it. That the only one holding you back in this life is you. I help you clear those roadblocks so that you can move forward. And I help you clear that space so that you have the time. And with that time and the right outlook, you truly can do anything in this life. I'm living proof. I have a podcast eight months in. I'm almost at 10,000 downloads. If you would have said that to me this time last year, I would have said that's, that's a big, big goal. But I didn't believe I could do it. But I'm sitting here now and I've done it. There are only two more weeks to take advantage of my Rock Your New Year's discount on my one-month coaching package, so take advantage of it. And if you're still unsure if coaching is right for you, then book a free discovery call with me. Check out my show notes for more info or my website at momwifecareerlife.com. Are you feeling overwhelmed trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work and time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third, it's time to dive into today's episode of Mom Wife Career Life. Where are my working mamas at? I started this podcast with you in mind, and I know I have all type of moms that listen to the show, but this episode in particular is dedicated to those moms that work in the corporate world, whose days are dictated by their Outlook calendar, those moms that are pulled in a million different directions at home only to go to work and get pulled in a million different directions at work too. It's not easy, and it can be mentally exhausting. I remember when I used to commute into work and I would actually enjoy my commuting time because it was the only two times a day that I was able to just stop and have some time for myself. And I'm often asked how I get so much done in a day and how people can be more productive at work. So that's where today's episode comes from. I'll be sharing my tips on how to be more productive in your workday. Number one, block time at the beginning of your week and the end of your week. I'll start with the end of the week first, a little backwards, but stay with me. I block the last two hours of the day on my Friday to go through my inbox and try to address any emails that I didn't get to. I'm not a big fan of sending emails late on a Friday, so if I know it's something that will trigger work from someone else or cause them any stress or feel like they need to work on the weekend, I try my best to use the email scheduling feature in Outlook and schedule it to send out the first thing on Monday morning, so that way it's fresh in their inbox. I also use that time to create my task list for the following week on whatever I didn't get to that week or any new stuff that's come up so it's out of my head for the weekend and I don't have to think about it. I then block the first hour on my Monday to fully prepare for the week. I use that time to look over the list I made on Friday and really strategize my week, which brings me to number two. Number two, block some time to do actual work. I don't know when my days became so meeting heavy, but in the past few months, I feel like every few minute I had on my calendar, someone was filling up with a meeting. It started to get really overwhelming and I found myself working late to stay up with all the things on my plate. So part of my Friday is spent planning out the following week. I go in and block whatever free time I have on my calendar. And within those blocks, I write out what I want to accomplish within those time blocks. 
I'm basically breaking down my to-do or task list into those time slots so when that time block pops up, I know what I'm working on. What these blocks also allow is when someone needs to meet with me impromptu or if I have to check in on someone or something, I have that flexibility in my schedule to use some of these time blocks. I will say I ended up actually using all the time blocks I had set for this week because so many fire drills came up. So I didn't actually get to use them for what they're intended for. But if I didn't have that time already blocked, I would have been in another meeting and wouldn't have been able to address and support my team on the emergencies that came up. So just know that you do need to be flexible no matter what block you set out for yourself. Another important thing is if someone is looking to meet with me sooner than my next open time slot, I do use those time blocks to be able to have that flexibility as well. So be flexible. Number three, block time to complete deliverables and projects. So treat projects and big deliverables just like we did with your goals. Look at the date that they are due. See if you could break the projects into like smaller deadlines or mini projects. Try to guesstimate how long it will take you to complete each task and then block out enough time on your calendar to actually work on it. And always overestimate how long it will take you because it usually takes more time than you think it will. I also give myself a due date a few days before it's actually due because things always come up, especially if the project involves getting information from someone else or collaborating with someone else. I always hated group projects in high school or college because relying on other people to actually do what they're supposed to do by the time it's due never really seemed to work out for me. So block your time. Number four, if your job involves strategy or being creative, block some time to think. I would say that at least 50% of my job involves some sort of strategy. I consider myself a strategist. It's actually one of my strengths. But in order for me to strategize, I do need that quiet time to think. So ask yourself, what is the best way you think? Where do you come up with your best ideas? I can guarantee you it is not sitting in front of your computer staring at a screen. In order to really think, you need to quiet all that noise and the distractions around you. I do my best work strategy thinking going on walks. But basically, take the time to really think about where you do your best thinking, where you can quiet all the noise and really detach from technology to actually use your brain. Number five, if you can, don't attend every meeting. I've shared before that I have a life coach. I can't even put into words the impact she has had on my life. If it was not for her, I would not be in your ears right now. That is 1,000% fact. She introduced me to the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen, which I truly believe every working mom, especially if you're in the corporate world, should read. Before reading the book Essentialism, if a person put a meeting on my calendar, I attended. I would sit through the meeting and an hour would go by and I'd be like, why was I even invited to that call? I didn't add any value. There were no takeaways or actions for me. And in that book, which I've actually gifted to some of my employees, Greg talks about only attending the meetings where you add value. Only attend the meetings where you are essential to the outcome of the meeting. I've really taken this mentality on and I've cut out a couple of meetings a week on my calendar. Now, I know a lot of you might not be in a position where you can decline a meeting or just not show up, but communication is key. If there is a meeting or two that you feel you could honestly not attend and it would have zero impact on anyone or the business, talk to your manager about cutting it off your schedule. Hopefully, you have a good relationship with your manager. And if you don't, stay tuned. I'll be doing an episode on how to improve your relationship with your managers and coworkers. But if you are upfront and honest with your manager about your workload and that you really could use that time back for other priorities, 
then hopefully your manager would understand. Or a compromise if you work in the office and there's an in-person meeting, but there's a call-in option. Maybe instead of attending in person, you could just call in from your desk and multitask. There are so many other tips in essentialism that I highly recommend you read and implement, especially if you're in a leadership role. Greg also has a podcast called The Greg McEwen Podcast. He rebranded it to that last year. I started listening to him after I read the book, and his was actually the first podcast I ever listened to on my own. As a family, we would listen to podcasts on long drives, but my life coach got me into listening to him and his podcast, and that is the reason I am a podcaster right now. It was the fork in the road for me. He has this one episode that I kid you not, I've probably listened to 15 times, possibly more. It's episode 100, and the title is What's Essential? What Happens Next Matters Most. I'm going to link it in the show notes, and the next time you're going for a walk, just listen to it. Listen to it when you're not distracted by anything else, and really listen to it, especially with goal planning and setting your intentions for the year. Number six, delegate. This was a really hard one for me this past year. We went through this whole reorg, my team and account size doubled, and I got new team members that I wasn't sure what their capabilities were, so it was really hard for me handing stuff off to them, but you can't do it all. If you have support roles, use them wisely. Use people for their strengths. Maybe you have someone that's good with Excel and analyzing data that can run reports and give you a high-level summary. Maybe you have someone that's great at note-taking that they can attend a meeting in your absence and give you the cliff notes after. Maybe someone wants to expand their skill sets and take on some side projects. Take the time to talk to your team and see what their interests are and use them. Number seven, take the time to teach and mentor. This goes hand in hand with delegating. You can't delegate work if the person you can delegate to doesn't know how to do the job. So take the time to train them. You can write out the steps or you can do a training session with them and have them write up the steps. What I started doing with my team is having people record their training sessions with their teammates so that way we could use those recordings as reference videos and trainings for new members when they come on board. And also be available to answer questions too. Some people take longer to learn than others, so be available, be approachable, and most important, be patient. Number eight, use your commuting time wisely. This is more if you take public transportation. If you're sitting on a bus or a train, use part of that time to answer your emails, clean out your inbox, write out your to-do list. I'm also big on using some of this time for self-care, like reading a book, listening to a podcast or Headspace. But if it means that you can leave work on time and just finish up on your commute, then do it. Number nine, use a task management system or OneNote. I'm big on task management systems. I just started using Mindster Task for my business, and it's a serious game changer. Having all your tasks in one place and links to your documents that you use all the time in one place is just great. At work, I use OneNote. If your office uses Microsoft Suite, then you probably have access to OneNote too. It's like an electronic notebook. You have tabs for different topics, and within each tab, you can have different subtabs. I have one for my to-do list. I have one for meetings. And within the meetings tab, I have a subtab for every reoccurring meeting I have. So I have all my notes pertaining to that one meeting under the one tab, and it's just a running list. I have a tab for all the accounts I have. And under that tab, I have a sub tab for each account that falls under my team. I have one for employees, and then I have a sub tab for every employee on my team. You can drop in documents, links, it just helps me keep everything in one place so I don't have to go digging through my emails for information or through files for a document. 
I just go to the tabs and I don't have to keep a bunch of information in my head. I just make notes there. So when I'm meeting with an employee, I click on their name. I could see what the last things we discussed were and just pick up from there. Number 10, communicate. I'm big on open and honest communication, not only with my team, but with my manager. And I tell my team the same. If I have too much on my plate and a big deliverable comes up, I communicate to my manager. And I really stress to my team that if they think they will have a hard time meeting a deliverable or they are just getting too many requests to handle, raise your hand. But don't wait until the last minute to do so because then there's little we can do. You should be constantly looking at what is on your plate, prioritizing, reprioritizing, see what can be done better, asking the why behind the request. That's a big one too. Sometimes you get these requests for things that just really don't make sense. So understanding what the end goal is or why they need information or a report can be really helpful. Maybe there's an easier way to do something that you can suggest. You never know unless you communicate. So those are my tips to help you be more productive during your workday. I would love to hear which tips you're going to try, or if you have a tip that you would like to share, I'd love to hear it. Head on over to our Facebook community and tell us all about it. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me and let them know they are not alone and they can create balance in their life too. If there is a topic you'd like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life or join our new Facebook community. Sending you love and light until next time on the Mom Wife Career Life Podcast with Carrie Pat.